Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Happy 1235 to you all. Let me be the first to wish you such a time. Joining me on the Wester Hotline, a friend, a pal, former colleague, Current friend, though, really good guy, generally... You're doing great. Silky, smooth speaker. Uh, great with um, cross Sunday newspaper crossword puzzles. And someone that you would for sure want to be the face of your business and or franchise. It's Bruce Nolan. Bruce Nolan here on the Western Highland, everybody. Welcome in, Bruce. You know, despite your best efforts with that introduction, <laughs> I feel like the... The players call the West Her Hotline. The coaches call the West Her Hotline. The insiders call the West Her Hotline. And then here's Bruce. I feel like that's still inevitably a letdown, <laughs> even after you did your best. So you're saying you're not an insider. Would you say no, that you're I'm an outsider? outsider yeah, it's an outsider. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to get that, uh, that promotion changed. The insiders. The outsiders call the West Her Hotline. Right. That's all right. You're you're uh you're a very handsome, very successful outsider, so that's all that matters, Bruce. And I don't care who knows it. Um Bruce, you know what we were talking about today? Take a guess. What were we talking about today? Well, take just take a guess. Take take a guess what you know me. What do you think that I was talking about today? It's my first time since the Bengals game that I've been on this show, by the way. So I've had some time to decompress, talk about a little bit. Yeah, well what I was talking about today, Bruce, was thirteen seconds. Because I mean, you know, that's what you do when you're a very sane, very um Sure. You know, a uh, calculated person with a, with a functioning brain. You want to talk about things that happened two years ago. Um, so that's what I was doing. And then Corey and I were talking a little bit just about the makeup of this team and how this team has drafted and, and whom they've drafted and how they've prioritized. We had a great call come in and say, you know, when you're the Bills and you have a defensive-minded head coach and you have someone like Leslie Frazier, who is a very accomplished defensive coordinator in the NFL – I think the idea would be that you are putting less into your defense and expecting more because of how good of coaches they are. And they'll be, they'll be able to get more from less and that they really should be investing more into the offense. This this organization really invests about 50-50 offense, the defense, when he seemed to think, the caller, that the really good teams are investing you know, 60% into the offense, 65% of the offense, and sort of letting the rest handle on the defensive side of the ball. Where do you fall? In this conversation, and do you believe right now with how this organization, how this roster is constructed, that investing 50-50 down the middle is the best way to get the most of this window with the quarterback like Josh Allen? I think there's two things to consider here. The first one is that I think the best way to go about determining asset expenditure when it boils down to this is guaranteed money per year and free agent contacts 
and then use the draft pick capital, whether it's a Jimmy Johnson system or a Rich Hill system or whatever you want to use, to use the points that were expended at each side of the ball. I think that's the way to do it. I actually came up with that concept yesterday. I was like, hey, I have a good idea for a podcast. I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. And it's ironic that you brought it up today when I haven't done the research. I don't have the results yet. But I think that's the best way to go about outlining what the expenditure actually looks like, whether it's 50-50, whether it's 55-45 or 60-40. But I think going back to the philosophy, it's what do you think the coach and the general manager thinks a good team looks like, right? And so when you go back to the good teams that Sean McDermott had, the best team that Sean McDermott's been a part of, mm-hmm. arguably, is the – Carolina Panthers losing the Super Bowl. 2015, yeah. And that team, you know, had Ted Ginn as their top wide receiver option. And so, and they had Cam Newton carrying the banner. And they had a a fairly decent offensive line, good, strong running game, and a great defense that was linebacker-centric. So, I think that even though we have established that Sean McDermott pushes back against a lot of defensive-minded head coach tropes, which is that he's going to be conservative in-game. I think it's been pretty well established that Sean McDermott is not conservative in-game as a general rule. Now, there may be individual decisions that we don't like. Sure, in a vacuum, right. Overall, he's not a conservative in-game managing coach, which I think people have a tendency to kind of ascribe to defensive-minded head coaches. But Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have seen their version of successful teams. What does that look like? And that's where that whole growth mindset thing that Sean McDermott is always preaching, that Brandon Bean actually brought up in his press conference after the year this year about having to keep growing. We know that the most successful team they've been a part of was built a certain way. What we have to hope at this point is that they're taking stock in the way that the NFL has changed since 2015 and the way that sustained success comes because that Carolina Panthers team did not see sustained success. They didn't see that. They saw a really good year with an MVP caliber quarterback, and then they didn't get back to meaningful NFC playoff games before or since. So I think that when you look at Sean McDermott and you just hope that the things that are coming out of his mouth and the things that are coming out of Brandon Bean's mouth actually follow through with the, okay, hey, I know that this is the version of success we've seen, but – it's not just about what I saw eight years ago. It's also about what the NFL is doing right now. And you look at the way that the Chiefs have rebuilt, and you look at the way the Eagles are built and things like that, and you go, okay, I think that maybe there's another way to do this. And that's where that growth mindset hopefully comes into play. Bruce Nolan here of the Bruce Exclusive Podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Joining me on the Western Hotline, we're talking Bills roster construction. I got the feeling we'll be doing this for a little while longer, huh, Bruce? A couple more weeks, a couple more months, the draft, free agency. Free agency is actually quite close. It's the first sort of benchmark of an NFL season. And, you know, one of the things that Corey and I were talking about were something that I think the NFL needs to maybe get with in terms of I don't know. You look at the other sports leagues, right? You look at stars constantly moving. And, and, and maybe I want to look specifically at the NBA. The NBA is the best example of this. Stars that all of a sudden they, they go to, they force their way out of one city to go to another city. And three years later, they force their way out of that city to go to another city. And like there's just a lot of player movement, a lot of trades, a lot of player for player trades, not just player for draft capital or player for, you know, whatever, future considerations and stuff like that. 
The NFL doesn't have a lot of that, not even in this part of the offseason where you're seeing even a, even in a guy that maybe it made the most sense was going to get traded, Derek Carr, is actually going to end up getting cut. Well, already has gotten cut, is now meeting with teams um, across the NFL, and he's going to go sort of on his free agent tour. And I just wonder, like, if this was a league that, that would trade more, that it, with more frequency— and maybe a lot of it too, Bruce, is the way that the salary cap is is structured. And when you trade a player, you end up suing a lot of dead cap money. And maybe that's part of the reason you don't see a lot of trades. But I view like this team as maybe needing a trade. Maybe if there's one roster in football that could really use a shakeup and a shakeup by 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 means of a trade, man, doesn't it feel like the Bills are maybe that team? I agree with you. The fact that the contract structure and the salary cap are the reasons you don't see those things in the NFL as much. When you have a fully guaranteed deal, then you're going to pay them the same way. You need someone to take that money from you. And so that's where this trade comes. That's where you actually offload expiring contracts. And that's why it becomes such a valuable asset in the NBA. Say, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting expired contracts so I can clear up money by trading away things and trading for things that will help me get money. And so the hard cap and the non-fully guaranteed deals are what makes trades less frequent in the NFL. But as far as the trading for someone, I think that anytime you're in a window, which I think the Buffalo Bills are in a window, trading becomes a thing that matters more. I think the Eagles looked out and said, hey, you know what? Um, We're in a window here. We have a quarterback we like in an offensive system that we like, and we have Devontae Smith, and I really feel like if we really want to go from the 23rd ranked passing attack to like the top 10 ranked passing attack, I think we need another weapon, but I don't really want to surround a player that I think might still be developing in Jalen hurts with another developing player. I want to isolate the variable. And so I want to go ahead and trade. Now the variables been isolated with Josh Allen, Josh Allen's a, a certified star in the, in the NFL. But if you're going to go out and make a trade, now is the type of time that you do it. You do it because you think you're in a window and you don't want to wait around. Now, you have to balance that against the idea that you're trading for players intrinsically makes them more expensive because you're not trading for a player who just got drafted. Every single trade you do is a player that is closer to getting big money or is already on big money relative to using that same level of asset on a player. So you have to balance the idea that you're in a window and you want to trade for a veteran with the idea that any veteran you trade is just intrinsically going to be more expensive, right? Trading for Christian McCaffrey is always going to be more expensive than using that same asset yep. on a running back, even if you wanted the same one. Now we can argue till the you know cows come home about the wisdom of spending uh, any sort of capital in that site on a running back, but you have to balance those two concepts. So if the Bills, Buffalo Bills are looking for a wide receiver, for example, I know DeAndre Hopkins' name has been kicked around a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a balance you got to do. I mean, now you have two wide receivers who are both going to make big money, which right now in the NFL, that doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Every team has one guy making big money and one guy not. So I know that has been kicked around, but that, that's pushing it out into really unprecedented levels if you trade for a player like DeAndre Hopkins. And also – they're both right around 30. DeAndre Hopkins is already 30. Yep. 30 is a number for teams where they start to get a little bit nervous about skill position players. So, yes, this team could use a shakeup for a trade. Yes, that helps you when you're in a window. That has to be balanced against the idea that 
you're already a little bit in debt when it comes to calf. You're going farther into that, or you're getting closer to being on the ledge when you trade for a vet. Yeah, and like I think the guy I isolated as maybe the guy that makes the most sense. If you are looking to in in Bruce, I think the idea of a trade shouldn't just be posed as like you trading for someone, but also maybe posed as an option to create cap space. And I and I view a guy like Ed Oliver in this in this light, or swapping cap space and using a guy with a similar salary in ele- about eleven million dollars is what he'll play on his fifth year option this year, and which is fully guaranteed. So a trade of Ed Oliver is viable because you are literally moving that $11 million off the books and swapping it potentially for another player with a similar salary or a player at a reduced salary or just freedom and cap space. And maybe you trade him for a draft pick this year, a third rounder, a second rounder, whatever it might be, and you use that move to create cap space. And maybe that move goes towards re-signing a Tremaine Edmonds or a Jordan Poyer. But I guess part of the conversation around the quote-unquote trade here, Bruce, isn't just, hey, the Bills should trade for DeAndre Hopkins, but also here's an option of creating some cap space in a, on a team and on a roster right now that might need to find some. I agree with that. I think the one of the things that's been kicked around a little bit is the Ed Oliver for Hunter Renfro concept because Josh oh, yeah. McDaniels has a history of going to a franchise and kind of trading away players. Now, you might say, well, they just signed Hunter Renfro. Well, they just signed Derek Carr, too. So, you know, there is that. So it is, it is, a, it is a, a thing that's been kicked around a little bit. I know that I'd personally rather have Hunter Renfro than Ed Oliver based on the way that this offense runs much more smoothly with a slot option that you can trust. But I really wish – I just find myself really wishing Elijah Moore wasn't a Jet. That's what I find myself wishing. Continually over and over again, I find myself wishing Elijah Moore wasn't a Jet so that I could pound the table – for trying to make an unhappy player happy again, because I absolutely love the idea of having Stephon Diggs being your primary outside receiver and having Elijah Moore being your primary slot. Absolutely love it. But I think that when you have players that you invest significantly in with draft capital and you hold on to them, they get to be a point where their expenditure no longer lines up with their production. And Ed Oliver is a perfectly fine player. Oliver's not a bad player, but do I want to pay Ed Oliver $11 million guaranteed this year and then also potentially franchise him next year or lose him for nothing? Then the idea of trading him away starts to come into play, right? Tremaine Edmonds was in the same situation last year, though I think Tremaine Edmonds has been better overall than Ed Oliver has during his career as a Buffalo Bill. But that's where this not hitting home runs puts you in this weird thing. When you start hitting singles and doubles, but you're, play, you're paying your singles and doubles like they were home runs because they're playing on a fifth-year option, that's when it becomes really weird because you're not getting that surplus value that you get where you have a really, really, really good player on a markedly cheaper contract than they would get in the free market. Instead, you're getting an okay player at a slightly more expensive contract than they would probably get on the open market. And so that creates a very strange value proposition where you're not really constantly positive because there's nothing more positive than hitting on a draft pick. And so that creates a situation like you just talked about, where maybe you want to trade them away and get a little bit, because you're not getting surplus value. And if you're not getting surplus value for them, maybe you're better off recouping some value for them. Well, Bruce, what an interesting conversation. I'm sure you and I will have a few more of these as we head into uh, what is expected to be another really fun and enjoyable offseason. I do love these offseasons. I love 
you know, draft talk. I love the the free agent talk about what you might or might not want to do. And um, yeah, I'm excited to do it with you, buddy. Thanks again, as always, for joining me on your weekend on your Saturday. Um, tell the folks, what you got what do you got coming up uh, over at Buffalo Rumblings? Any uh, anything fun? Well, next week I'm going to do the podcast on Thursday on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. That's going to be about expenditure. It's going to be about actually outlining the expenditures that have been made on specific positions in offense and defense using the metrics that I just outlined with you earlier this conversation, using the draft points and saying, okay, how much did they spend on this? How much did they spend on that? And then what kind of return are you getting? So I'm excited about that. I always have an article every week on buffalorumblings.com, and you can find me on social media at Bruce Exclusive. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy your weekend. Catch you later. Bruce Nolan on a Western Hotline. The- we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.